Welcome back to the Rain Cane Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hart. I am joined in a call by my good friend, Zach Jones. Zach, how you doing tonight? Uh, could be better, but I'm pretty well. Doing pretty well. Just feeling down, from the, uh, feeling down from the game, or is there something else uh, getting you down, Zachary? It, I mean, for the sake of this podcast, let's go with the game. <laughs> no, I'm fine. There's, yeah, just not exactly everything I wanted to see on the field last night, but it was still it was good to see football again. Yeah, did you, uh, did you get any enjoyment out of uh, the game last night? Now, uh, everyone listening at home that has never seen Zach at a football game, he uh, he's a great fan. He stands pretty much the entire game. Um, so even whenever we were down 30-plus points in the fourth quarter um, and that long Corey Taylor touchdown run brought everybody to our feet, Zach was already on his feet. So uh, did you did you have fun last night? I mean, college football being back is kind of an awesome thing. Yeah, I still had fun. I mean, again, didn't even despite the result, like throw that out there was a couple other things that were disappointing but um yeah i i'm glad football's back not everything i wanted it to be but it was enjoyable yeah i mean i have mentioned many times how i've had season tickets to osu games for pretty much my entire life so going to the stadium as a visitor and sitting in the visiting section and getting blown out uh it's not as fun as uh it's not my most fun trip to ben pickens Ever, that's for sure. But college football being back, seeing Tulsa, excuse me, seeing Tulsa on the football field, um, just an awesome feeling, and uh, not an awesome game. But I was pretty fired up uh, getting to watch TU play again. Yeah, it was it was good to see the uh, blue and white back on the field. Black and for the helmets, they look nice. Good man, because um, I forgot to. I need to mention this in a tweet, but. Um, that uniform combination that they wore uh, yesterday. Do you know who they wore it against last year? Uh, that's your that's your job. They wore it versus Houston last year. Okay. Um, but the interesting thing is that I put out a poll at the end of last year, and you know had the fans rank, you know their like rank one through thirteen all the uniforms we wore last year, and that uniform combination was ranked dead last. Wow. It, it was, um, I think it only received two dead last votes where like the all black received like 10 dead last votes and then other stuff. But it was just consistently ranked low out of all the uniform combinations. I think it's average was like nine and a half or something, but yeah, that article is up and you can see, mm. um, where it's at. But I mean, I, I thought it looked okay last year and I thought it looked okay this year. Um, I know you're not going to have any comments on that, but I just wanted to <laughs> throw it out. I mean, you're actually the one that, that started it, so. Yeah, I like the helmets, and there's actually uh, uh, another friend. She commented that the helmets were, I believe she used the word sick, which is all <laughs> I mean, the kids I, are saying these I, days. I still prefer the chrome face mask and a stripe. Don't think we're going to see that anytime soon. So uh, to me, the black helmet's nothing you get excited about, but, you know, good enough <laughs> my, my friend my roommate jared cozart said that tulsa football has the greatest colors in all of college football and uh, I, i'm not so sure that 
that's a hundred percent correct, but they do have great colors. So whenever they rolled out there in black, white, white, I was a little disappointed because seeing the blue contrast, the orange, Oh, that would have been beautiful, but that's enough about uniforms. I uh, don't <laughs> want to, don't want to go on too much, but, um, Zach, what were uh, your general takeaways from just the, the first quarter of yesterday's game whenever OSU was up 21 nothing after the first 15 minutes of the college football season? I mean, I, I knew we would score. I knew they would score a lot. Um, kind of disappointed by, um, you alluded to it in your article, but the ball skills of our corners, um, it, they were in great position multiple times. They just uh, you know, got out-jumped or out-worked or out-positioned by future NFL players, which, I mean, isn't anything to really be ashamed about. But um, the fact that they were right there with them, I guess, bodes well going forward. That was that was good because this is by far the best receiving core our defense is going to see. Um, probably the best overall offense that pretty much any team the Cowboys play are going to see. Um, other than that, um, I kind of have this weird like confusion whether or not OSU is really good and we're pretty good, but there's just that much of a gap or um, we're going to struggle this year and OSU just look good because we were rusty and have a whole bunch of new faces. Um, I think this will end up being a good win for the Cowboys uh, down the line because I, I trust Montgomery and the rest of the staff and our players to get it together. But um, yeah, it was sloppy from, I mean, both teams at parts uh, and egregious touchdown. <laughs> The Cowboys gave up uh, for us off that. I don't even. Can you call it a punt return? It it resembled a punt return. It was more of a. <laughs> uh, let's see how we can get Tulsa back into this game um, from uh, the Cowboys, but disappointing result. Um, I I'm most disappointed that we I still don't think have an answer for who the quarterback's going to be moving forward, but um, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Uh, but yeah, disappointing result. Good little quick trip out there. Um, and again, just good to see the Hurricane on a field playing some meaningful football again. Yeah, I mean, from the first quarter, uh, I was a guest writer on a Pistols Firing blog post, which is the OSU uh, OSU Sports blog. And one of the questions was a prop bet, something wild that you think uh, actually has a chance of happening. And uh, Zach, you remember what my prop bet was i don't recall it was that tulsa is going to have more offensive yards at the end of the first quarter than oklahoma state mm. <laughs> and uh, not only was that not the case but osu was up 21 nothing uh after the first 15 minutes of play so it was uh not a great start i, I was pretty upset uh no lie um i thought that first possession that we were uh tackling well um, we didn't look like we were freaking out at all, but just that long pass play uh, to Tyron Johnson. Once that happened, um, it was kind of like it, it was. It was kind of like everyone let out a sigh of relief, not, not a sigh of relief, but um, let out a sigh, saying, "All right, it started." You know, the OSU Avalanche just started. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tulsa Tulsa students are notorious for their, um, you know. Well, not not optimism, pessimism towards stalls of football. And once once that happened, it was kind of like, all right, well, here we go. You know, the blowout is on. Um, and then as far as offensively, so um, I was expecting Chad to be the uh, the guy to take the first snap. Were you? Yeah, yeah. So the uh, in fact, we had we were having a conversation about this, and we were trying to predict what the first play was going to be. 
Um, and I said Brewer would be to his right, and he'd run the read option and hand it off to Brewer off left uh, off left guard. And that was the exact play they ran. So um, the start, as far as offensively, was pretty much exactly what I expected. Um, trying to run it, uh, being unable to run it because all the guys in the box, Chad being able to make plays with his legs, our offense getting first downs, but then stalling and not being able to score. Um, so that that was kind of expected. Um, I can go to the actual play chart. Um, but... Did you see anything out of Chad, uh, Zach, in those um, first couple possessions that uh, surprised you or or struck you at all? I I don't know if I can talk about him in in a, a microcosm. I think over the course of the whole game, I have more of a uh, more thoughts about that. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you want to stick specifically to the first quarter. Um, I'm not sure how much I can offer on that, but I do have thoughts as far as his overall play. Okay, well, the uh, his first drive, he had 24 yards of offense. Uh, second drive, 8 yards of offense. I think they got a first down by... Yeah, no, they didn't get a first down there. So 24 yards of offense and then 8 yards with a 3 and out. And then um, Skipper came in. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I remember this now. Um so after after the first two drives, Skipper came in, um, you know, completed his first pass. Um, looked like he was slinging it, um, and then he uh, led Tulsa to their first touchdown on his second drive. Uh, whenever it was the uh, the fumble recovery that you alluded to, it was funny. Whenever that happened, um, I was turning to my friends and I was like, "Luke Skipper's our guy, man, leading us to a touchdown." <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, out out of those first two, uh, there was there's two drives each. So maybe I can ask you um, after those first two drives, did you, in your mind, in your mind, did you have a a clear winner of those first two possessions? After Skipper's two possessions, um, yeah, because I mean, I guess that's all we saw of him. So it it is. Um, I I guess it depends on what type of team, what type of identity. Um, coach Montgomery wants going forwards um in the past he's he's had you know slightly mobile quarterbacks but I mean they could throw the ball you have I mean RG3 is the obvious uh Luke Skipper parallel and coach Montgomery's history um I if I was the coach I'd I would just take Skipper and and let him you know go through the growing pains of being a redshirt freshman um and just make him the identity of your team uh, have some consistency but if not um i mean i'm not sure if all the tulsa fans would like to hear it but chad president was strangely effective yeah um he i, I turned again to your roommate who i stood next to for uh, parts of the game jared cozart and several times along one drive and then another drive uh i i said is is chad tebow is chad president tim tebow um which I mean, immediately you think, okay, no way. That's just you can't make that a comparison. But there's this weird thing where I mean, we we would run the ball, get stopped like a a, a one yard loss. It'd be second and eleven. Uh, second and eleven, we'd throw like a little wobbly screen type pass, and the guy would dive forward, make it you know third and eight, and then Chad would pick up the third and eight somehow. And then we we would go again, get down to third down. You know, the, the crowd gets into it because like they're gonna stop us and then he he would you know run 11 yards or 
it just in some strange way with I mean missing receivers by yards that were 10 yards downfield uh throwing some scary outs to to like little wide receiver screens on the sideline where I mean receivers are having to jump to catch the ball or jump towards the defense which put them in danger of a hit um those I mean you just look at it you just watch it and you know okay that guy's not the guy but then he just keeps marching down the field where it's second third down that we get a penalty for like a pass interference get another first down like just this weird erratic like Tebow against the Steelers in the playoffs type game from Chad which I mean and that's not to speak of his athleticism I know we talked about it he's uh, at the game he's he's a peak athlete no matter what conference you put him in so him being in the American is just going to be something else but it's does Montgomery really want to have a Tim Tebow-esque quarterback running this offense where I mean they can stack the box with guys and then Brewer isn't very effective we can't get that going so it doesn't set up the pass game and the read options and play action but then you have like a third and eight and you you just have to let Chad wheel and deal um I'm not for that I mean he's a former four-star recruit he obviously followed Montgomery here I can understand the loyalty there he's a year older he I mean ran a similar offense in high school by all accounts um so I can understand that but um to me Luke Skipper's the guy but I objectively would not be surprised to see Chad president as a starter going forward for one two three more games at least yeah, I don't want to, you know, make a call too quickly because I mean, obviously, both quarterbacks have a lot of room to grow. I mean, Chad is just a sophomore, um, but I felt like last night we had a good indication of um, like that. That is who Chad President can be as a quarterback. You know, he's a guy that mm-hmm. can make plays. Um, he's a guy that can run it to his receivers probably faster than he can throw it to his receivers, mm-hmm. um, and he's a guy that you know strangely effective uh i want to go back a little bit because um you know skipper's two drives he he threw he dropped back to pass four times he ended up throwing it three of those times the other time he scrambled for two yards Uh, i really didn't think we saw anything uh negative from him um but then they bring back chad uh after luke's two possessions and chad leads him 75 yards uh on a 13 play touchdown drive and he accounted for pretty much all of those yards. I think Brewer had mm-hmm. uh, eight yards rushing, it looks like, and then um, Corey Taylor had 12 yards rushing. But let's see, the other 50-something yards came from Chad President runs or Chad President passes. Um, so he really did what was um, – he responded well uh, to Luke being out. And I think after that moment, I was content – with Chad playing the rest of the game, even though... Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I was fine with him continuing the rest of that game, yeah. Yeah, even though, you know, I was I was having, like, um, you know, inner struggle saying, like, this is not the offense I want to run. It was, you know what? Chad is, uh, you know, last year we didn't score a touchdown versus uh, the top 10 team that played on the road. Um Chad just led us on a 75-yard touchdown drive. He had success um, in a 20-something yard uh, drive in the fir- in his first possession. So um, at that point, I was resigned to the fact that Chad was going to play the whole game. Um, but uh, let's see. I mean, is there anything – I mean, I guess we can go ahead and we're talking about the quarterback battle now. 
Um, I've pretty much put all my thoughts on paper, but just to kind of sum it up is um, I think Montgomery sees what we see. Um, he's been doing this for a while. He's been watching a lot of quarterbacks. Um, you know, after the game, he said, I need to go watch the tape before, you know, I name a starter. I think he realizes, um, I think he realizes what's going on. And I still think like we predicted at the beginning of the season that the quarterback battle will be decided, um, in Toledo, um, after that. So, uh, but right now, uh, we've got something very special, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, um, we are, we are calling a, uh, not an old friend of ours, a current friend of ours, but uh, an, an old friend of the pod who is making his return to the Rain Cane podcast. Uh, it's going to be Brett Stewart. Hello. Brett? Yep. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? Can you, uh, can you hear Zach? Hello, Brett Stewart. You're on the podcast. Hi. I can. I can hear him. Awesome. Brett, welcome to the podcast, man. We've just been uh, chatting it up about the uh, about the game last night. Um, did you have a good time uh, out in Stillwater? Yeah, it was a great time, man. Awesome. How have you been recently? <laughs> Tell the people what you're up to. Oh, just uh, had an internship this summer in Tulsa. Uh, went really well. Uh, school's starting back up senior now studying chemical engineering uh it's going really well for me and i'm excited for this year awesome man well yeah we were just um you know given our thoughts on uh you know how the quarterback uh situation played out yesterday um i was mentioning how skipper didn't do anything wrong in his two series but then um whenever chad came in for his third series uh he led tulsa on a 75 yard touchdown drive uh, where he accounted for, you know, I think it's 51 or 52 of the 75 yards. Um, so what do, what do you think of what we saw from the quarterbacks last night, and what's your kind of take um, generally on Luke Skipper versus Chad President? Because uh, I don't think the people have heard the Brett Stewart take, so let's hear it. Yeah. Um, well, I thought it was interesting. Um, I expected to see uh, both guys – or I both guys a lot more equally. Um, so I'm not fully convinced on uh, how much of a QB battle it really was just to see, like Luke Skipper came in for three passes. You know, I'm pretty sure that, like, we were, we were heavily leaning towards Chad President being the guy. Um, personally, from what I saw, um, our best offense seemed to be with Chad um, third down scrambles. And just the degree of difficulty I felt in moving the ball, uh, I, I didn't like it. I prefer a quarterback who can – he's more of a passing quarterback. I think that's what we need. I think we have a great O-line and we'll have a great run game if the other team can respect the pass. Uh, I'm not saying I saw – you know, we didn't get to see a whole lot of either – either really either guy, you know, just one game from Chad President and just two series from um, – from Luke Skipper, you know, and the coaches have obviously seen them all year in practice and things like that. But it just, the ball seems just uh, almost like cleaner coming out of Luke Skipper's hands. It seems like he's got a better arm and he's more accurate from, from what I've seen. Um, so I would like to see a little bit more of Luke Skipper. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more of Luke Skipper. 
Now, one of the one of the things that I mentioned is I know it's early, but I felt like what we saw um, from Chad yesterday is kind of representative of what the offense would look like if Chad is the quarterback. Um, there's going to be a lot of scrambles. There's going to be a lot of um, struggles in the passing game. But, I mean, he did complete 50% of his passes. He said afterwards that he felt like he threw the ball well. Uh, so that leads me to believe that that's – I'm not saying that's the best Chad Prezzi can do, but at the very least that's what the offense is going to look like. What do you think the offense could look like um, if Skipper was given the reins? I mean, I think if Skipper's given the rein, I think it'd look a lot more like it did last year with, with Dane Evans. I understand Skipper's a little bit more mobile than Dane is, and I, I've also heard Skipper's quick to to get out of the pocket and maybe doesn't have as high as a football IQ from Chad. You know, I as Chad, I haven't like seen that personally, but that's what I've heard. Um, I think if we can get Luke Skipper some confidence to let him stay calm in the pocket, I think it could look a lot more like the offense we had last year. The passing game won't be as good. And another thing that we haven't talked about is we have new receivers too. Like losing losing uh, Atkinson and Lucas, that's huge. Like so that we the guys that are going to be our main guys on at, at the receiver position. You know they got. You know, they played last year, but they weren't our go-tos. So we're working with new quarterbacks and new wide receivers. So I don't expect our passing game to be as good as it was last year, but I still think the offense could look a lot more like that. Like, there were games when, you know, Dane may not have had a great game, but because the opponents were respecting the pass, we could just gash it up the middle on them. And obviously, Oklahoma State's probably going to be bigger than a lot of the other teams we play in the AAC, and I think we'll be able to primarily uh, run the football in the AAC. Um, but, yeah, I'd like to be able to have, like, a spread offense where we can spread them out, maybe hit a guy deep every now and then on the long pass, um, and then, you know, gash him up the middle and run the football, use Brewer. He's he, their conference-leading returning rusher. Uh, that's what I'd like to see. I agree with that. Zach, do you uh... – you kind of agree with that's how the offense would look um, with Skipper at the helm? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to come anywhere close to what uh, Dane put together last year just by the fact that, I mean, the facts of the matter are that Dane Evans was arguably the program's greatest quarterback of all time, and we're bringing in two guys that, I mean, one, are super young, and then two, neither obviously separate themselves to uh, to win the competition uh, still going on, um, so I, I think Chad's gonna look better. He's, I think he'll look great against Louisiana next week. Um, I Toledo, he'll probably be able to do some things. But as far as moving forward into conference play, I think, like like you both have alluded to, I think that's kind of close to the ceiling of what a Chad president led offense is gonna be. So uh, for Skipper to take the reins, I think I think it could look a lot more. Um, uh, more dynamic. I think, you know, Dane would very occasionally scramble. I think we'd see more scrambles from uh, from Luke Skipper, but I, I really yeah. think it's the, the past that would be the most impressive. Uh, I have something else to say. I, I think uh, Dane Evans' first carry last season was an overtime game, I think against Fresno State, 
when we had like third and something or maybe fourth and something and it was it was already a few games into the season it was just a fake handoff and he rolled out and scored a touchdown on the play like dane like he scrambled a little bit more as the season went on but like we we didn't need a running quarterback to have a great run game at all um last season that's that's what i was able to see yeah i mean I, I actually was talking with, I believe, Jared Cozart again about, uh, I bet Les Miles at LSU would have uh, loved having Chad President there. He, he's a, he follows in the great tradition of uh, Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Perilou, all those guys that were, I mean, the, the best athlete at their high school by far. But Got a know, Perilou like, reference on the podcast. They, drop the Perilou reference. <laughs> That's reference. awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, those guys were, I mean, Jordan Jefferson, I believe. Uh, yeah, they're just super athletes, and I mean, it's it's basically a wildcat formation in a sense. But I mean, you got to live with missing six yard slants and two step drops coming out that are you know not even on target, and a couple uh, scary throws that you know lead into the 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 closing defender. Um, and, I mean, personally, that's not the type of offense I would like to see us have, but I wouldn't be completely surprised if that's what Montgomery thinks is our best option uh, if if Luke just isn't ready this year. Yeah, I think this um, competition continues uh, up until Toledo. Um, so we can talk about it a lot more going forward. But um, I did want to uh, touch on the receivers a little bit more that Brett alluded to. Uh, obviously graduating 2,000-yard receivers. That was one of the big question marks coming into this game. So I was expecting to see six, seven, eight different guys running in at receiver. I was expecting to see Umblance, Louie, um, who else? Jerry and Anderson maybe. And pretty much what we saw was Hobbs and Keenan, which we expected, but then Josh Stewart and Nigel Carter um, playing – probably 90% of the snaps collectively, 90% of the meaningful snaps, uh, maybe even more. I don't, I don't know if I ever saw. I mean, those were the only guys to catch a pass. So what did you think from uh, – or what did you think about what you saw from the receivers? I really liked uh, the way all of them looked, honestly. I think Hobbs has made some strides. I still think he has a little bit more to do to truly be a number one 1,000-yard uh, receiver. Uh, but I liked what I saw from him and that I loved what I saw from Josh Stewart. Uh, he, uh, For some reason, I just imagined him as a guy that would play timid because of his tall frame. But my, he, whenever he caught the ball, he like attacked it, put his shoulder down. He played strong. He had his good hands. He caught the ball with his hands, didn't let it get to his body. I think he played really well for a guy that's just a redshirt freshman for us. Yeah, I mean – I agree. I, I thought we would see a lot more guys out there. I thought our, uh, you know, dark horse favorite player, Malik Jackson, would get some touches. Um, just, you know, throw him out there and see what happens. He's a super athlete. Uh, but, yeah, it, I I almost want to say that they, they were trying to keep together the team that practiced with Chad, so that way there's just consistency. It's like, okay, I know Hobbs is over there, Keenan Johnson and Josh Stewart. Like, that's that's who I've, you know, gone through the reps with. We've you know run plays together. Um, I think that that's my logic behind why we saw those three guys uh, all the time and not, you know, some other guys out there. Um, Hobbs. Yeah. As a, I think he's probably right now where 
where uh, Josh Atkinson was his junior year, where, I mean, you can see all the pieces. They're just not quite together yet. Um, he's, I mean, how many times did Chad just throw the ball up for, for him to go get? Um, Lots. <laughs> he, he had quite a few times. Um, he missed one. Uh, like It was just kind of a go route that he kind of laid out and missed, which, I mean, is understandable, but that's something that, you know, guys like, Keevan or maybe Atkinson uh, would would have grabbed, um, but he's just a junior. First game of the year against a pretty tough team. That's understandable. Keenan Johnson, I think, is going to be great by the time he he gets to his upperclassman years. Um, he played obviously last year as a freshman. Um, he looks he looks like he'll be solid. But yeah, the, I think the real standout from the receiver group was Josh Stewart, who I think we all thought would get some time. You know, be be a quick number two guy on the on the depth chart to come off the bench but uh as many reps as he got how many snaps he was on the field and what he did with those snaps like you said he i mean just a full possession type receiver it was uh like the recently retired anquan bolden in a sense like he he attacked the ball he i mean it it, even if a defender was there it seemed like he was going to make the catch anyway with the hand on the ball um, he he went up strong, and then he I mean looked to do something with it after he brought it down. So really impressed with Josh Stewart. Excited to see what he can do. Um, Nigel Carter got some touches. I'm, I'm excited to see what Umblance can do. But yeah, those three guys for sure were um, they seem to have solidified themselves as far as I'm concerned as the the top three guys. Yeah, next time I need to watch uh, Josh Stewart run his routes because. Um... I want to know what type of deep threat he's going to be. I don't know how fast he is. Um, he obviously has the frame to go up and get it. But, um, Brett, what about the uh, receivers? Nigel Carter has been a guy that's always been there from an athleticism standpoint. Uh, but it seemed last night he was behind Stewart on the depth chart. Now, I don't, I don't even know if they play the same position. I think, actually, Nigel plays Keenan's position. But um, did you see anything from the receivers of note that you want to talk about or mention? Oh, I, I, nothing really stuck out to me. Um, I, I saw Keenan. He had a heck of a catch that was called back because of like a illegal mm-hmm. like receiver downfield or oh, something. Right, right. That was a and great just catch. A heck of a catch where he just went up right over somebody, pulled it down with one hand, and that was a great throw by Chad too. And mm-hmm. that's what I like to see, guys. He will just go up and get it. Like that's what Kiaris did. That's what Atkinson did. That's what Keevan did. Like guys who they're they're well covered but they can still catch it and hang on and, and that that's what we need. So I'm 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 really big on Keenan Johnson. I really am. Um and then I didn't see like anything, you know, notable from a lot of the other guys. We did have a few drops, especially earning early on, maybe just due to some jitters or something, but uh yeah, we can't we can't afford to have those really. And then uh I also wanted to talk about the secondary um a little bit because mainly the cornerback position because we were toasted yesterday. And as we talked about earlier, you know, those receivers that Tulsa face today are probably going to be the best receivers aside from Cortland Sutton that they'll see all season long. Although Toledo has a really good receiver too that I'm worried about. But um, we mentioned how the ball. Yeah, you can, you can handle one though. You, you can handle they have one. Guys coming off the bench that are, possible future nfl players that's when you run into (laughs) the real trouble yeah so the guys that i saw play meaningful minutes yesterday were reggie robinson and kerwin were the starters um obviously but then 
um, and this is my lack of knowledge of Tulsa football coming into play, but Kerwin, I did not see much at all in the second half, um, and I saw Kedrian Wadley. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name right, but uh, the number 11 that returns punts for us, uh, he came in at corner, and that was mainly during the second half whenever Oklahoma State wasn't throwing the ball, so I didn't really notice much from him, but you know, Kerwin uh, had a really strong ending to the season last year, but um, before that, he was a guy that concerned us. Um, wh- how do you see the the cornerback depth chart um, playing out whenever Keanu returns? And again, we don't know when that's going to be, but um, do you think Keanu and Reggie are the starters with Kerwin coming in uh, uh, as needed? I'll fire uh, it over if, to Brett. Uh, if Keanu is <laughs> if Keanu is ready, or if Keanu is healthy. Think based on what we see from saw from last year, like I think he should be a starter, and I don't I, I don't know who he'd start over, but I think he looked like our top corner last year, um, so I think he he should be the starter. But I don't know when he's planning on returning. I don't know how bad his injury is. I don't know if he can take a medical red shirt or not. But um, yeah, I don't know about that. But it was it's hard to judge the corners based on this game because like the OSU probably has the best receiving core in the country and obviously a great quarterback who's a Heisman candidate too so it's you know there were times when we would have like honestly great coverage but then their receivers would just were just like seem too big and athletic and strong and then Mason Rudolph on a perfect pass to a great receiver. There's not a lot you can do. So there were some breakdowns, I feel like, in the secondary, and they, they had some big plays that, you know, I hope we can stop. But we're, we're also looking at, like, a great pass game, especially early on that hurt us really poorly. So it's hard it's hard to judge the receivers or the corners based on this, this game. Yeah, I mean, it – it kind of sucks because I know everyone in the American Athletic Conference is is tired of seeing, you know, Keevan make a diving catch when he's double covered, or watching Kiaris Garrett just go up and literally jump over whoever's there defending and make a touchdown grab. Um, we finally kind of got a taste of our own medicine, uh, which I mean sucks to watch, but it it's going to happen when you play a group that talented. Um, I think our secondary is going to be fine. Uh, uh, if and when Keanu Hill can come back in 100% health. Um, I think, you know, Kerwin Thomas, I think uh, Reggie Robinson, uh, whoever else, I mean, our safeties, obviously. Um, I think if they can all just kind of slide down one spot, I think we're a, a fairly competent secondary. I think not having our number one guy and basically bumping everybody up a little bit on the depth chart uh, makes it harder on the secondary. Um, I think we'll be fine going forward if, if Keanu Hill can come back. Um, the safeties, I thought, played fairly well from from what I could gather. Um, I, as uh, Coach Monty would say, I have to go back and watch the film to, to decide <laughs> if that's a if that's a good opinion or not. It's um, on YouTube for any of y'all that want to watch it. <laughs> um, I think uh, Manny Bunch. I mean, he had eight tackles. He was he was a uh, McKinley Whitfield out of the recently uh moved to the outside linebacker position that guy was everywhere he was making tackles for loss he was chasing down people from behind he was he was really impressive uh to me um manny bunch and uh of course you guys uh best friend jay mitch jordan mitchell 
Um, he, I thought, did all right. He missed a tackle at one point. But, uh, <laughs> other than that, I thought he had a pretty solid game. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, I thought our team tackled pretty darn well. I don't think too many guys missed or, you know, were shed by the, the ball carrier or whatever. I think we tackled pretty well. It's just, uh, unfortunately, it's you, there's no really tackling when the guy's in the end zone catching the ball. Um, it, I don't know. Secondary going forward, I think we'll be all right when we get to conference play. I think we have all the athletes defensively. Um, you know, the, the linebacker position is obviously needs experience, but like Revels can hit hard. Cooper is, I think, going to grow into an awesome linebacker whenever he is done with his four years here. Um, the defensive line has a lot of returning talent. Uh, the safeties, I like what I saw there. Um, but this defense is going to have to force turnovers. And, you know, yesterday they did a great job with getting after Rudolph, and I think that's going to be the key for them defensively all year. I think they'll be good enough uh, to where, you know, they're not going to give up a touchdown every play. But I think it's going to come down to can they force turnovers. Yeah, to me, I think this team is kind of like uh, two years ago when it was uh, Michael Thomas and those guys uh, having to make plays. Who's the the safety that we used to have? Michael uh, Mudo. Yeah, Mudo. Yeah, when, when it was basically like if he wasn't making the tackle, the other team was scoring. Um, I think... I think we got a lot of guys that are in position to gain a lot of experience and I'll make a couple good plays, maybe one or two bad plays. Um, I, like you said, Cooper Edmiston, uh, Revels moving forward. I think Patera could be really good going forward. But uh, uh, as of right now, I think it's just all about experience and getting reps. But I think we're in a position where we have the talent, we just don't have the experience. Now one of the, uh, one of the last things that I wanted to talk about was um... – you know, in a game like this where we're, you know, outsized, outmatched athletically, it's kind of difficult to judge uh, the way our lines performed. But, um, you know, is there anything that you saw from our offensive and defensive line? Um, whenever I went back, I watched a couple of, of uh, plays, uh, mainly our offensive plays uh, from the game. And to me, it looked like our offensive line was getting a good push. I don't think OSU's defensive line – um, really caused that many troubles. And, in fact, I was listening to an OSU post-game podcast, and they were saying that they were curious why the defensive line didn't make as much of an impact as they usually do. Um, so I think we got a good push. It was just a matter of OSU has good linebackers, and they were all committed to the run because that's what we were doing. Um, so do you guys kind of agree with that from uh, our offensive line standpoint? I mean, you know that that's really reaching for us. We're we're guys that you know didn't even play football in high school, and we're trying to judge how the offensive line did. But do you have any comments on uh, the offensive line per se? All right. Well, we'll move. <laughs> well, we'll... Uh, I mean, I don't really, have, I don't really have anything I yeah. to say about it. I know we're going to have a great offensive line. Uh, but, I mean, I didn't see anything that necessarily stuck out to me. Yeah, I know. That's fine. I, that's kind of the way I felt, too. Go ahead. I thought I thought we were good. I mean, when a couple of – a couple. He got two drives. Luke Skipper, when he came in, it seemed like he was, I mean, going through progressions. And, I mean, he was looking the right side of the field and his feet chopped over to the left side of the field. Um, it looked like he had time to, I mean, 
look at least from from what I could tell. And then even Chad, I mean, the guys were relatively covered and maybe the first option, he didn't feel like he could hit it or something like that. But uh, there was time for him to think about what to do and then take off running. It wasn't <laughs> and then like, not do it. <laughs> it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't entirely like just everything, like the walls were crashing in on him and he just had to take off. Um, he, I, I mean, both quarterbacks had time to kind of do some things. But like you said, uh, I think they did a, a great job. They obviously held off the defensive line and then on several plays, all the, I mean, linebackers that were rushing, the safeties and corners that might be in on some of the plays, it was basically five guys taking on, you know, six, seven, eight guys at a time, and we still got a decent amount of uh, a time to uh, to look at what we were doing on offense. Obviously, it didn't pay off that well, but uh, yeah, I think our offensive line did a deceivingly really good job last night. And then from the defensive line, uh, Zach made the prediction in our last podcast that. Um, or, or TU will lead the conference in sacks this year, and I'm all over it because um, I think they're really talented. Um, I think they do a great job getting after it. I didn't see as much from Jesse Brubaker as I would have liked to see. Um, mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he moved from the tackle position to the end position? Uh, at at uh, some point, yeah. Yeah, so... Curious Not about this game coming into the season. Coming into the season, yeah. So cur- curious about that um, because I feel like the in position we've you know got a lot of talent. Um, so that's something to watch a little bit more moving forward. But Oklahoma State's offensive line was just way bigger. Um, funny story: we were hanging out uh, on the strip at Stillwater after the game, and they have a new left tackle from Cal. From Cal, I uh, don't know his name, but uh, he's named the nicknamed the Mountain. And he was the starting left tackle for the game, and he was the biggest, biggest human I've ever seen as far as size and stature. Uh, and I was like, wow, that guy would be the biggest guy at TU by far, and uh, that's just one of their offensive linemen. So, um, you know, kind of tough for the defensive line, but uh, I'm not ready to make any conclusions for them uh, going forward. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I, I was kind of surprised Brew Baker didn't did, didn't get in there more often but i mean we got a sack rudolph did take a couple hits at, mm-hmm. at times he did um, i mean that touchdown to uh washington where he th- threw it 71 yards um mm-hmm. he was he was hit i believe by Schindler on that play so yeah i mean there, there was good push i mean obviously we like to think of ourselves as power six you know we want to be a top 25 team at the end of the year we were a 10-win team last year. We set records. We felt we were disrespected. Obviously, last year's team was, I mean, great. This year's team has the potential to be great. But uh, I, you you got to take a step back and realize that, obviously, we're not getting the same athletes as, as these Power 5 schools. Um, and so to do what we're doing with, uh, uh, not to discount them, but uh, our our guys that come to Tulsa, uh, I think we're, we're doing a good job with, with that defensive line. Like you said, going against the biggest guy you've ever seen in your entire life, <laughs> um, that's that's a tough task for anyone. Um, but yeah, Brubaker, I'm sure we'll see more from in the future. Um, Schindler, uh, all those guys, I think will be will be difference makers. Brett, is there anything else you wanted to talk about from the uh, game? Um, Corey Taylor uh, played well. Um, I think I think him and Brewer are going to be a pretty good one-two duo 
for us this season. I hope mm-hmm. they can both uh, stay healthy because uh, it looked like the third back – well, not looked like, but the third back in was uh, Shamari Brooks. And while he did look good, I think uh, – I don't think I'm ready to see him on the field, but is there anything else you wanted to talk about uh, from this game? Uh, I don't believe so. Yeah, I like. I think I'm going to like our backs this season. Good, good one-two combo, Brewer and, and uh, Corey Taylor. Zach, you got anything uh, to add to this podcast? Not really. I mean, it was it was a tough loss. I'm. They'll be back next week, hopefully. Not gonna say coast to a win against Louisiana, but I think it'll be a good confidence builder going into a a really tough Toledo team that I think uh, a lot of Tulsa fans are gonna take for for granted as a win. But Toledo's it's that's a tough game, especially on the road. Um, I'm sure we'll be back. I I guess my main disappointment was only seeing Skipper twice. Um, we we didn't really get any more clarity. As TU fans, I know we're not owed anything. That's Montgomery's call. But uh, I, I don't think we have any more clarity as far as who the quarterback is going forward. So that was a little frustrating. But um, other than that, I'm, I'm looking forward to this home game uh, Saturday. Yep, should be the uh, – sh- sh- I hear somebody in the background there, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Saturday night, it's about to, uh, or I guess it's Friday night. Friday night, it's about to uh, get started. But, um, yeah, we should be back on Thursday for a podcast to talk a little bit more about uh, the Lafayette game. Um, I believe they play this weekend, so maybe we can give a little bit more informed preview um, and maybe we can uh, get another guest like we did last week. I think that would be a fun thing to do um, to kind of get a regular schedule for the podcast. But otherwise, um, I'm glad football season is back. Uh, thank you guys for blowing up the site. We got a lot of views um, leading up to the OSU game. Um, so seems like Tulsa fans are uh, excited, ready for the season. Um, and I am too. Let's, uh, I, I don't know where I was going with that sentence, but uh, Brett, you want to go ahead and sign us off? Thank you guys for listening to the Red and Cane Sports Podcast. Keep checking out our website and uh, tuning into our podcast. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Rain came.